0: Never stop leading yourself. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and I have a past guest joining me today, Chad Peterman. And since Chad was on the show last time, his company, Peterman Brothers, has experienced some extreme growth. Lots of leadership lessons since our last chat on here, I'm sure of it, and I'm ready to dig into some inspiration around leading ourselves, both prioritizing it and doing it well. Let's grab Chad. I'm so excited today to bring Chad Peterman back on the show with me because he's one of our past guests that lives this message around never stop leading yourself. He's written a book about it, super passionate. You hear him speak about it, many social posts out there. And I just want to dig in and just help all of us to go back to like, what are we doing to really invest and be the best leader we can for ourselves so that we can lead others really well? So Chad, Lead Yourself is the second chapter in your first book, You Can't Stop the Growth. Yes, I said first book because I know the second one is coming out very soon. How did the topic, Lead Yourself, become one of your core mentoring messages?
1: Thanks for having me on, Nikki. Excited to chat specifically about this topic. And for me, leadership is a word that's thrown around a lot, and it often gets associated with how we lead others. But I think in my mind, the most important person we lead is ourselves leadership as maxwell says is about influence and in order to influence others we have to be leading ourselves whether that be personally professionally as a spouse as a parent whatever it may mean to you it's important that we all take stock in how are we leading ourselves on a daily basis and then how does that show up in the world
0: so good thank you for sharing that one of the things that i remember you had touched on in our episode i think it was a couple years ago And then when I was looking at your book to prepare today, I was like, I am so passionate about this message too, that there is a very big, clear distinction between leaders and managers and really our ability to ripple effect impact by showing up as a leader versus a manager. Can you talk about what you mean by the clear distinction?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a book out there, it's called First Break, All the Rules, and it really explores the difference between that manager and leader. It's my belief that all managers must also be leaders, but not all leaders are managers. I think that's important to understand. For me, in my career, I am a terrible manager. I'm not good at that. I don't like conflict, tough conversations. It's not something that I look forward to. But what I ask of our management team is that first, you need to be a leader, because if you're not a leader, if people don't look to you for influence, it's going to be very difficult as a manager to hold them accountable. And so for me, the main difference is that kind of accountability, those KPIs, different things that a manager has to do. But a manager is going to struggle to generate accountability if they are also not a leader and someone that is leading themselves. And then also working to remove obstacles for their people that they're leading, support them, show compassion and empathy. Towards them and what they're doing.
0: That's good. I was just noting here some of those key standouts, the points that you made around leaders versus managers, and you talked about accountability. Can you just run through those key things just so we can note like key standouts between leader skills? If you're looking at people in your company and you're like, yes, they are leading versus managing, like what are those key things that make that stand out?
1: Yeah. So I would say from a leadership perspective, I always tell our people, I don't really manage anybody at this point. It's more so leadership. For me, leadership is removing roadblocks and understanding what's in someone's way that's preventing them from being at their best. And I think if we take that approach, when we flip to the manager side, then once we've removed those roadblocks and we're sitting down and having those conversations with the people on our team and understanding what they're struggling with and offering that help, then comes the back half. You said you were struggling with this. We've helped out doing A, B, and C. Now we need to hold you accountable to those KPIs, to those things that as a business, we need to continue to drive the business forward.
0: That's great. Removing roadblocks, leading into being better with accountability, showing empathy, really great things. I'm curious when it comes to what you said you lead with is like removing the roadblocks, bring that to life in like a conversation. You're working with someone that's a direct report to you and you want to be that for them. What does that conversation look like to really help to identify roadblocks to be able to help them?
1: Yeah, I think it's just about having those candid conversations. What are you struggling with? And oftentimes those you lead won't come out and say it, but you as the leader have to have this awareness of what is holding people back, we just recently lifted up a huge inventory project across the entire company. And it took a ton of our resources. And I don't know anything about our inventory process or how we do it or why it works or anything like that. But my role in the project was to remove roadblocks. And sometimes that looked like me making a phone call to our software people, because it carries a little bit more weight. Not that I'm any more important, but When they hear it coming from me, they know they need to jump. And so a lot of the times it was just, hey, can you make a phone call to these people and tell them we need these things and we need them faster? So there were many calls with both software and our accounting package, all of these things that I was not involved in the process. But from a leadership perspective, it was using what I can, helping where I could, not telling others what to do because they're the ones that are really good at it, but just, hey, where can I help? I can make a phone call. I can do this. You need me to one Saturday, they were all working. I said, hey, I'll bring in lunch. It's things like those that aren't necessarily seen and you can't write them down. But as a leader, making sure that they know that you support them. It was critical for me. It was on a Sunday and they were all working. There's probably 15 or 20 of them. And it was important for me to be present, to show up, to say, hey, I'm not going to help out any here because I don't know what you guys are doing. But I want you to know that I support you and I'm here to help wherever I can. If that's take out the trash or go get you a drink of water. One of the guys brought in his kids. I was out there babysitting. Hey, I'll watch the kids while you guys are working, whatever it may mean. So just chipping in and making sure that as a collective group, even though you may be technically the leader, there's never anything too small that may not result in removing one of those roadblocks so your team can be successful.
0: That's so good. And I'm just thinking for those that are listening and maybe just a little reflection here. If you have people on your team that come to you proactively and share where they're stuck, what they need help with, take it as a compliment because that means that you've built some great trust. You've built a really strong relationship for them to feel comfortable. It's much more popular for people to feel like they can't ask for help or they can't just be open because they feel like they're failing or whatever. And so to be a leader that's built this platform that, hey, I am here to help you remove roadblocks and proactively come to me. I think it's just such a compliment. Being a leader that asks questions that just get into taking time with your people to really hear and get to that and dig to that until they proactively get there. There's just so much power and just that type of a relationship to have that open framework and format. So thank you for sharing that. So taking responsibility is a big part of leading ourselves well, and that's a core part of your chapter in your book. When do you first remember taking responsibility being a life lesson, bring something to life for us where this really became a learning and teaching for you?
1: So at the time, I did not realize it, but I'll share the story and then how it's evolved. When I was a senior in high school, I went to Ron Colley High School here on the south side of Indianapolis football's power at the time. We had won the state championship two years prior. My senior year, we're going in and trying to do it a third time. And I was a captain on the team. Middle of the season, we lose a game and it seems like the sky is falling. All of this pressure on trying to win and everything like that. As a captain, you're supposed to be the leader of the team. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to say? you always are searching for, like what's a leader supposed to do? So like when things go bad, I should be able to pull out this book and just go right down the list and, oh, look, look at me, I'm a leader. At the time, being 18 years old, what I came to was the best way that I can lead right now is to go out and work as hard or harder than anybody on the team and set the example for what we're going to have to do in order to achieve our ultimate goal. And so from that point forward, I refused to lose a sprint at the end of practice. It was staying after, it was just really doing everything I could, but looking back, that's where I figured that piece of this whole leadership thing. It took me a little bit after college, you know, just digging into how am I going to get better? What am I doing out here? You know, when I used to play sports, it was pretty easy. Here's what you need to do to get better. You need to practice. Well, if we're going to be good leaders, we also need to practice and To me, practice comes in the form of listening to podcasts, reading books, whatever it is, talking to people, networking, and then actually doing it. So when you read about something and you need to share it, do it. Tell people about it. Share with them what you're learning. And that's really how my podcast came to be, was just sharing what I was learning in the hopes that someone else would pick that up and maybe it would mean something a little bit different if it came from me as opposed to maybe reading a book.
0: So good. Okay, question. Are you a Kobe fan, Mamba Mentality?
1: Yeah, so I actually have a huge canvas up in my office that says Mamba Mentality and gives the definition of it.
0: This is so Kobe Bryant right now, and I love Kobe. Still, today, Like I'll watch YouTube things to just get jacked and fired up with that. I can see that's on your wall. That's awesome. So Chad, help us understand just to share some practical tips or your ideas or concepts on how you help team members at Peterman Brothers learn to embrace this principle of taking responsibility. Like how do you help build that muscle for people on your team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as we've talked, first comes by just setting the example. And I'm always a huge believer in that no one's gonna follow until they know you care. So for me, a big practice of mine, first thing in the morning is I'm heading around, talking to people, saying good morning, doing all of that stuff so that they know I'm present. (laughs) that they know that I'm in a good mood. And if I'm in a good mood, well, you'd probably be in a good mood too. I'm a big believer in that. One of our mutual friends, Marcia Barnes taught me that about the power of writing thank you notes. So I write those every morning to our team, letting them know that I'm grateful that they're on our team and that someone's watching all their hard work and you're seen. Those are two of the biggest things. And I always say leadership is simple. When it gets complicated, you'll know you're doing it wrong. Simple in a leadership way is asking people how you can help and then showing them you care. When you talk about a bad culture, it usually starts at the top with a leader who is disengaged, doesn't really care. All they're concerned about is the money that they're taking home and putting in their pocket. And if your organization is structured around that, you're going to have a very tough time leading others. And so that's my big push here at Peterman Brothers all of those things, whether it be the email I send out on Monday morning or the thank you card or whatever it is, it's to let people know that it's okay to not have the answer. There's a reason that we're a team. There's a reason that there's a bunch of people running around here is because not everybody has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And it's okay to try some things. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to learn from whatever it is that's going on, good or bad, so that we all can get better together. And to me, that's just what I try to spread around the entire organization so that everybody knows that we're all on the same team and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to push forward together.
0: And I just want to bring to life for a second your habit to write the thank you cards that you mentioned about Marsha Barnes. I was prepping for this episode, grabbed your book to look at this chapter just to pull out some nuggets and what was in there, a thank you card. Not just a like, one-liner, but I was just so impressed looking back at this from quite a few years ago because it came out. When did the first book come out? 2019, so four years ago. Okay. Four years ago, and I still have this card in there that I'm just like reflecting on, and it's literally both sides of the card. It wasn't just a simple like thanks, but truly a meaningful thank you note. So I think it's just a really great takeaway. So Chad, we're excited to learn, because I don't think I know the answer to this. When did can't stop the growth become a personal mission or mantra? Tell us the story that brought that to life.
1: This was probably back in, well, I wrote the book in 19. So my brother and I run the company and my dad started it. He's retired now. At the time, we were heavily involved in kind of the new construction side of things, transitioning the company over to a residential model. And we had went after work to have a beer. And my dad's main concern was, and at the time we were growing rather rapidly, His concern was, hey, I want you guys to be careful. I don't want you to grow too fast. I still remember where I was sitting and what table I was at. I said, dad, we can't stop the growth. And he looked at me puzzled. And I said, seriously, we can't stop it. Because if we create something where people can be at their best, they're always going to keep getting better. And they're going to drive the company forward. It's not me doing the work. It's not me doing anything special. It's Literally leading and creating a place where our person that did this much last year got better and is doing double that this year. Our company is going to grow. And so it became twofold as we started to add people because what we were seeing was people were able to take on different challenges. I always joke with our team now, our probably eight best HVAC installers, none of them touch a piece of equipment today. The eight best people in our entire company that if you had to say, hey, who would you put, have a, put a system in your home? I would go down the list to the top eight people that I would choose, don't install equipment anymore. And the reason is because we've grown and they've taken on roles as trainers or in the warehouse or install managers. I came to that realization because someone asked me who should put the system in. I was like, he doesn't install equipment anymore. And that's depressing that all these great installers don't do that, but I'm so happy for them and it shows you what growth can do because those people got into installing equipment and probably didn't realize that there was an opportunity to be a trainer or to be a manager or to be whatever it is. So that's kind of where the slogan came from and we've used it now as we continue to grow and expand and create opportunities for the people on our team.
0: Okay, so to go back and correct myself, I know I haven't heard that story because I wouldn't have forgot it. So I'm really glad that I asked and I'm glad we're sharing it with others. I know the core in you is growth and development of your people. And I've heard you say before, you're like, I don't ever want to be the smartest one in the room. Like I'm looking to build all these people that just grow and develop around me. And I'm here to orchestrate that. And I admire it. And I want to go down the path of personal development for a moment and want to hear two things. One is what are some of your core personal development opportunities and maybe anything do you just want to share with our leader, listener, audience about what they might want to try for themselves or for others, just will give a spotlight on what you're doing and what you would recommend for personal development.
1: Yeah. So, personal development for me, I'm an early riser. And to me, it's about really setting your day up for success. It starts in the morning. A lot of that is centered around just getting your head right. We all wake up and don't feel well, or whatever the case may be, it's early. But, you know, my morning centers around reading or listening to something to get me in the right place. And then another key component for me is writing to my kids. So they each have a journal and I write to them each day about what I'm thinking, challenges that I've had. It's reflective for me, but it also transitions or it makes it easier to handle those tougher situations because at the end, I know I'm writing to them and I've got to have a solution like, hey, here's the problem. Here's what I'm going to do today to make that better. And so getting in that headspace of gratitude to me is the biggest thing because that's ultimately when you can show up for your people is when you're in a good spot. If I know that people are stressed, I'll start out the meeting with, hey, you got to give me three things you're grateful for before we dive into whatever it is that we're doing. And you can just feel the weight lift off your shoulders and you smile. I think that's a key piece. Obviously, exercise And getting the blood flowing, things like that. And then I think the other piece of it for me that has become kind of a personal development mission. You mentioned the stuff on social and different stuff like that. I would not consider myself a social media person at all. But what I did is I viewed social media as a way to serve others. And whatever I'm learning is putting it out there. That is something that we can do to help. So. I think that from a personal development standpoint, I think the most important thing is finding out how you can serve others best. That, in turn, is a great personal development strategy. You're not focused on yourself. You're focused on, hey, how can I make the life of someone else better? And I think if we direct our actions into helping others, ultimately, we develop as a person as well, gain influence and growing our leadership muscles for sure
0: two things that you're sharing just as examples to bring to life that as an organization, a big team of people, if we're able to ripple effect, two core things, just think about how this changes. So listeners, just like as you're listening, thinking through this, many people would agree that preparation for something is key, setting the tone for something. So Chad just sharing like having a morning routine to set up your day. It's like, If you're preparing for a big meeting, why wouldn't you prepare yourself for your day just in case you're not doing that to set your entire day up for success? And we think if we're around a culture of all these people that every day work on getting their mindset right to show up, even when you might wake up and not feel all that well, but everyone is committed to that together. Can you imagine just the impact of a group of people that all do this together and what that looks like? Just to go in, I know we want to give a little highlight to your new book that's coming and talk about some new things we're doing with the podcast. You believe that a big part of leading yourself includes pouring into others. And you just shared, you're not a big social media person, but it's a great platform for you to be able to share and put this out into the world to inspire people using that as a way. So podcasting for years was something that you were doing to pour into the development of your people internally. Share a little bit more about your podcast and just the background of why that was started and now the evolution and what you're wanting to see with can't stop the growth the podcast. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We started the podcast back in November of 18 and we started it as a way of what I spoke about earlier is I was learning all these things I was developing personally, but I felt like the next step was to share that with others. And so essentially a lot of the early episodes are just me talking on something that I learned. So I've got a file folder full of all the notes from the last 5 years. I think we've got over 130 episodes on there. And we've evolved along the way to include interviews and different things, different talks that I've done here and there. And then as we move forward into the future and how we can continue to make a bigger impact, here recently, we've partnered with the People Forward Network to hopefully bring more awareness to the message and what we're doing. And as I always tell our people, we're actually not in the business of working on furnaces water heaters, or electrical panels. We're in the business of developing people. And when that's our why, it becomes really powerful. And so the podcast moving forward will include interviews with really renowned leaders to learn from them, some leadership development there, others in our industry that can share what's been the key to their success, along with talks that I continue to do in the company. We have a series here at Peterman Brothers that's called Future Leaders that I do every other Friday at 6am. And we invite anybody and everybody that wants to come and I sit up there and talk and then we record it and then we put it on the podcast. But it's been a really cool outlet and differentiator. Both internal customers and external customers can get a glimpse into what our culture is, what it's like to do business with us, what it's like to work here. I've had a many of a people that have come on the team that say, oh yeah, I listened to your podcast or oh, I heard this and I really get what you're talking about. It's not just lip service, like that's what you actually believe.
0: I love that. And I think before we head over to our lightning round and just learn a little bit more about some upcoming things and some of your favorite things, just a core teaching or takeaway from today around never stop leading yourself as we commit to just yesterday's home run doesn't count in today's game. We never arrive. Keep going. And all of the breakdown that we just learned from Chad It's really about taking what we learn and sharing it with others. And so with Can't Stop the Growth podcast, coming onto People Forward Network, our whole goal is just to elevate that and to find more ways learning from listeners. What is it that you want and you're needing to learn more about that we have at our disposal from Chad and from his team members and just really leveraging that as an opportunity to help you continue to lead yourself better. So we're going to be linking out to the podcast, Can't Stop the Growth, in the show notes and in different marketing, please follow the show. So much goodness to come. We been dropping a new trailer. By the time you hear this, maybe the trailer is out there and ready for you to listen to, so check it out. We're gonna take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, and we're gonna come back to hear a few other favorite things and updates from chat. We'll be right back. Shout out to the Talent Talks podcast by Titus. Show host, Jonathan Reynolds, CEO of Titus Talent brings a unique blend of fun, humor, and passion. Jonathan's vibrant energy shines through the microphone as he engages with every guest live, creating a captivating synergy. Jonathan collaborates with each guest to delve into topics that empower leaders to make optimal hiring and engagement decisions from a people first lens. You got to give this podcast a try. Talent talks. All right, back on gut plus science with Chad Peterman. So Chad, I know you're an avid reader. Favorite recent book or just like a book that comes top of mind that you want to recommend today that's just been a great inspiration for you.
1: It kind of goes along with your last point of that we've never arrived is Simon Sinek, The Infinite Game is a really good one. It talks about how leadership is never over. Even when we retire, we're still leading out in the world. We're still gaining influence and influencing others by what we do. So it's a really good read.
0: Awesome. So, Chad, if you could pick one thought leader that you would consider a mentor? So thought leader, mentor, love to read their stuff. A lot of what they have put out into the world you've absorbed and are sharing with others. Who's that one thought leader that is a favorite?
1: I'll give you two, one from our industry and then one that everybody would know. So the one that everybody would know is John Maxwell. Obviously, listen to his stuff, read his stuff. A lot of what he teaches is right down our alley and how we or I try to emulate a lot of the things he talks about and what we do. The other one is from our industry. He's still involved in the industry to a certain degree, but then more so on the personal development side is a guy by the name of Keith Mercurio and has been a good friend of mine. He does a lot in the personal development space. Definitely someone to check out. His messages and his speeches are second to none.
0: Thank you for sharing that. All right, Chad, curious, when you hear the word gratitude, I do know that this is something that is part of your book, part of who you are, but tell us about what does gratitude mean to you and how does this show up in your everyday?
1: Every day, I'm thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. and A lot of the times, the ones that I'm writing down are not anything big. It's the sun shining, the ability not to have to worry about finding my next meal or all the things in the world that are going on that people are dealing with that we take for granted. And that's not to say we take them for granted and we're doing something wrong. But I also think that it's important to reflect on those and understand how lucky we are to be able to do what we do. Even being on this podcast and talking about what we're talking about, I'm grateful for that. There's a lot more serious stuff that we could be talking about, but we get to talk about this and hopefully as a means to help people and again, makes you reflect on how grateful you in fact are.
0: So good. I'm grateful too. Thank you for the time. And I just wanted to add in as a big believer of morning routine practice and preparation for our day. If you don't jot down gratitude, things that you're grateful for as you start your day currently, I would just recommend making that a regular practice because as Chad shared, I don't think everyone wakes up every day feeling like all motivated and feeling perfect health. We have to work on ourselves to get there. And a huge part of shifting our mindset is around what we're grateful for. So if you're not jotting those down, it's honestly changed my life. And I would just put it out as a challenge for you. Chad, we're going to just button up this episode with the new book coming. So a couple things I want to hear on this is what has inspired you to do a second book and what's really the premise and when are we going to be able to grab this thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we're working through it right now. I think we'll begin working on a title here in the next month or so, but it's going to be centered around the theme of empowerment and how do we empower our employees to be at their best and ultimately drive a company forward. And for me, that has been something that in the early days when we're scrappy, you don't really think about empowerment. You're small enough where I can do most everything that needs to be done and I know how to do it and so on and so forth. And I just need people to kind of help me do that. As you get bigger, we're right around 700 employees now. You have to empower people to do things because you cannot be everywhere. I cannot be in all places at once. And at the end of the day, my ideas are all the best. And so the book really goes into that growth story of where we came from and then what has been the key to where we've gotten and continue to grow through empowering our people to be at their best. And the book will probably have some more concrete details, but the hope is to launch at the end of the year where you'll be able to pick it up and all the normal places that you would pick up a book and I'm sure we'll push it out there and you'll be able to find it.
0: such a great conversation today with Chad Peterman. And here's my truth you can act on such just good insights and reminders. Remember, as leaders, our goal is to remove roadblocks. So how can we do that to help our people focus on what they need to really grow and develop themselves and those around them? Number two, walk the talk. And the key here is to do the consistent efforts modeling the behavior. Number three, it's great to remember that we as leaders do not have to have all of the answers. And how awesome to be able to reach to those around us and ask them for help. It's okay not to have the answers and empower those around us to share in opportunities to provide us with the answers. Just remember, it's okay to not have the answer. And then finally, I think Chad is just a wonderful role model of this, sharing what you learn. So one of the greatest opportunities that we have as leaders is to stay committed to ourselves and our growth, and then take that and pay it forward and share with others what we're learning. So many great insights. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.